are running around the Kairos anymore. But that's been a football club here since 1864. Trying to do the town a city proud. Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground. Welcome back to Racecourse Ramble. We are in a new week. We've drawn the game with Yeovil at the weekend, so we've got four points in the league, and uh, we've got a little bit to discuss as we build up towards Tuesday night's game against Chesterfield. So I've managed to catch up with uh, a fan who was at the game on Saturday. Emma Roberts joined me and gave me her thoughts uh, about the game. I've managed to catch up with Matt Atkins from At Spyrites Right, who uh, is a Chesterfield fan who gave me his thoughts on their pre-season so far and uh, some thoughts on Wrexham and what we think is uh, predicted teams and what's going to happen on Tuesday night or what we think might happen. And then Alex Carter's joining me for a, a round-up chat as we sort of review the weekend and we look ahead ourselves to the Chesterfield game. So we've got lots going on today, a bit of a bumper edition. Hopefully some of you might be able to make the most of this as you're travelling to Chesterfield on Tuesday. Uh, but we'll start off by uh, just having a quick review with Emma about the uh, the game against uh, Yeovil and her experience of being at the match. Okay, so uh, you went to Yeovil on Saturday. What was your journey like? Because quite a lot of people actually, uh, it was taking an hour or so longer than they thought. So what was yours like? Uh, it wasn't too bad. Um, we were on the first bus and, I mean, on the on the motorway, quite a few crashes, quite a few traffic on there. Um, I, I heard the second bus had broken down, so that was, you know, a bit further back than us. But once we got through that, we got there at about 10 to 2. Oh, so that was it. You were in perfect yeah, time, really. Was, Not yeah. too early, because I go, I go a lot on the fans' coaches. Sometimes, you, you know, you are hanging around for an hour or so. So yeah. that wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, I saw the story, actually, that somebody somebody had retweeted it, that the, I'm guessing, they said it a pipe had fallen off. I'm assuming it was, uh, I'm assuming it was part of the exhaust or something that had gone. Yeah. But uh, I bet that was a bit of panic for, for them. How many buses were there, did you see? Only two of the two. official points. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so when you get down there, then you get into the ground at two o'clock, the uh the sort of team news breaks. Um initially there was I thought I I saw it first on Twitter and the the, t- the lineup on Twitter was wrong compared to or yeah. it was adjusted anyway. So when you when you and the people that you went with uh saw the team news, what, what were your first thoughts? Um, well, obviously on Twitter we seen Tom O'Connor was playing, yeah. which, you know, we weren't sure. But when it came out, we thought, well, yeah, it doesn't look a bad side. You know, let's give it a go. Let Lee have a start and let's see, you know, if we can win like. But obviously it didn't turn out like that. So, yeah, so when I saw it, I thought... I was surprised because it was quite attacking with Jordan Davis in yeah. as well. I, I, in, in the time that we've had Parkinson, I've never really known him be so attacking. He's normally yeah. he normally sets up not to lose, 
yeah. and then tries to to sort of uh, you know uh, to sneak a goal predominantly. So that took took me aback really. I was re- even though you know I thought James Jones would have started in in place of yeah. probably Davis or Lee, Oops. depending on yeah. who you who you like, I guess. So yeah, I I, uh, I was it was interesting to see. But I was really surprised, and yeah, it didn't sort of didn't seem to pan out to any great effect anyway, uh, no. as it happened, did it? So, what were no. what were the fans' thoughts on the performance? Because I've seen the highlights, and the highlights, yeah. uh, there's not a lot to see really. In all honesty, there's not a lot of goal action at all. So, what no. were what were your thoughts, and what were the thoughts of the people that were there? Well, the atmosphere around us was quite flat, to be honest. When we scored, you know, there was a bit of singing and that. And then I don't know if the heat had anything to do with it, but it was so warm on that terrace. There was no cover at all. No, I can imagine. At the end, uh, the lads did have a few booing, which I thought was a bit uncalled for, like two games in. You know what I mean? In that intense heat, there was enough standing there, never mind playing in it as well. Yeah. So what would be your guess? I mean, how many people do you think? Was it like a couple of people booing or was it like dozens of people? It was quite a few, actually, which I went and clapped because I thought, well, you've come all this way to watch them. Yeah. All you can do just boo them off and then, you know, at the end of the day, we've had a point. You know, we should have won it, but we didn't. But, you know, we never lost, did we? So. No, it's I I was uh, talking about it and uh, my thoughts are it's so early in the season you yeah. you won't win or lose the league with that point away at Yeovil. No. You know, so I don't think you know like you say you just take the point you come home and then you focus on yeah. Chesterfield yeah. really. Yeah. Um so perform I mean performance wise it was uh do you think it was the heat um because that's I guess you know that it's it, Neither team really in the highlights looked like they did particularly amazing. It was a bit of a almost like a bit of a nothing match. Yeah, it was like they did have a couple of breaks for the lads to have a couple of drinks, you know, and and so you know they should. But the second half, uh, Yeovil came out. They wanted it, right. and they went in for everything, especially rec- record. Yeah, he just went in for every every tackle, everything. He went for the ball. He wanted to win that game. Okay. But obviously, I mean, the goal they scored was a good goal, but it's probably that lad's not never going to score that something like that again. It no. was just, you know, it was a good goal. Like, yeah, I was uh, listening to Mark Griffiths on the uh, on Rex and Player, and both those points you've just made. Thinking about it now, it, the the worldy goal was it was obvious yeah. when you, especially when you see the replay. But thinking back on it, he was also commenting about record being sort of ferocious in the tackle, yeah, as if he had he a point was. to prove, really. He did. Yeah, yeah, so that's quite interesting. Whereas we, it does sound like that, that we were really flat then, really, and, you know, just couldn't get going for whatever reason. No, I think, like, obviously Mullin was getting frustrated, but him and Palmer were coming back that deep. Yeah, to okay. try and get the ball, but they're not. They're never going to do it on their own. Yeah, it was like midfield. It just, it just didn't gel us, you know, at all. Like, right. So you made a comment to me actually about midfield the other day. I'm just, I can't. Can you, can you remember what it was? You'd made a comment. I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember exactly. But you'd made a comment that the midfield wasn't quite right. No, well, it was not. Well, it it seemed non-existent. I mean. 
Um, Mendy, I thought when he brought him on, I thought, you know, from start, I thought, yeah, let's see what, you know, he is like from the start. Um, I wouldn't say he was brilliant, you know, defensive wise, but I don't know. I don't know if at the moment who you would choose between McFasden because McFasden on the first uh, easily couldn't the crosses coming in they just you know were actually reaching them kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell yeah. you what. What was interesting was that Ford seems to have really suffered yeah. uh, on the right. Yeah. So in the little poll I did, he polled the worst uh, yeah. as, for average rating. And I've just seen uh, Rich Williams from the leaders' uh, player ratings, and I think he's the lowest in that as well. So he's he yeah. sounds like he struggled again because I saw him in the first game and he it sort of the, that game passed him by really. He didn't yeah. get much done. So it sounds like he's he's suffered again if of what you're saying. Yeah. He suffered again, but instead of taking him off, they took Mendy off yeah. and brought Hosanna off on the opposite side, which he usually plays, which yeah, I, but... I just didn't understand. I just, my only guess was I wonder if it's a fitness thing because I don't know how many games yeah. Mendy's played. Um, yeah. So I just that was but that was total guess, but I just wonder yeah. if that's what it if that's what it was. Um. So, who, who do you, would you say were our sort of stand our standout player or players? Well, I'd say Mullin for definite. He was he was trying to come back, get the ball, go back up there because it, it it was just you know passing through midfield, and then he was getting frustrated. You could see it. He was making the runs, but they just weren't connecting with him. I mean, Palmer and Lee did. You know, they were trying as well. Like, but I'd say Mullin was probably you know our best player on the pitch. No surprise there then. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Ford is somebody I'd marked down as struggled. Was there anybody else that you thought struggled or was it mainly just, it was either one that really sort of stunk the place out as it were or? Yeah, I think he was one of them. But Jordan Davis was very quiet as well. Another uh, one who's not had many games pre-season. Yeah, exactly. So whether or not he should have started. I mean, James Jones came on and he did, you know, he, he brings energy into the team. But nothing was just, I don't know, I don't know if it was the heat or what, it, it just did not click at all. Uh, yeah, but so Parkinson's... I don't know why they don't bring Dalby on, though. You know, that, that I don't understand. I saw Parkinson's interview and he said that uh, the sort of way to pass wasn't quite right. And when I saw the highlights, you could see a lot of the sort of, uh, a lot a lot of the passing was either too short or way too long. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and it just lacked that quality uh, that yeah. you would you would think, given the fact that we've got League One, League Two sort of borderline Championship players. Yeah. That's exactly what should be bread and butter to them. Exactly, you you know you you're thinking that you you know think. I mean, I knew we'd have a tough game, but I think once they'd scored, their fans were roaring them on to get you know to go on then, and then they were coming in like you say record record for challenges, you know and. That's what they did the whole game. It they, they've literally put a stop on Rex and you know doing anything basically. But okay. they wanted more. Right. Well, that's dis- That's always the the the, the, dis- the one thing that's disappointing in it when you, you kind of yeah. you want your team to show up and at least try and want yeah. it. You know, especially when you've done a four-ish hour journey or maybe more. Um, yeah. So that's disappointing to hear, I guess, isn't it? Um, yeah. So will you make the Chesterfield game on Tuesday? I am, yes. Yeah, you're, we're ready to go. You'll be ready to go. I'll be there as yeah. well. Um, yeah. 
So uh, that'll be an, that'll be an interesting one. Go on, give us your give us a before we wrap up. Give us a prediction. What did you well, go to the Chesterfield last year? I did. It was one of the best away atmospheres Oof. going. So, so what did... I, I'm hoping it'll be like that again because I think as well because there was only six hundred crowd at Yeovil. Maybe that's why you know. But the drummer wasn't there. Either. Yeah. Manny so Thomas. maybe the atmosphere was a bit flat as well. So I'm hoping at Chesterfield, you know, 800 fans, it'll, you know, get the place rocking and it get behind the lads and we go again. And I think probably I'd say 2-1 to Wrexham. Oh, you think we're going to win? Oh, that's, that's brave. I've just got... I've... After, after the, yeah, after the performance, I think they're going to come and Turn they're going to... Yes, I think so. Oh, you're braver than me. I'm going. I'm pretty. I, I hope so too. But I'm. I'm going for the draw in this one. I. Th- I just think we're going to draw it. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see. So, thank you very much to Emma who joined me. Uh, not during her working day, obviously. That would be terrible. Uh, but <laughs> managed to have a chat with me uh, about that Yeovil game. Next up, obviously, we travel to Chesterfield to what many would argue will be a promotion rival. So this is a big game early in the season. I think third game in last season we had one as well, Notts County. But yeah, this time we're uh, we're back to Chesterfield. Now we managed to snatch, I'm going to call it, a 2-0 win last time away at Chesterfield after being dominated in the first half, really. But we managed to withhold the pressure and, uh, yeah, we took a 2-0 victory away. So uh, I've managed to catch up with Matt Atkins uh, from at Spyrite's Right, who is a uh, ardent Chesterfield supporter. So we had a, we had a chat and got each other's thoughts on uh, everything from pre-season to new signings and uh, to how we think it'll go on uh, on Tuesday night. Tell us about your pre-season then so far, because I think Wrexham have had a really disrupted one. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, what was yours like? Were you, were you pleased with it? You know, what what do you think? Uh, well, I, I suppose you're always going to be happy about a pre-season where you've won all of your games. I mean, I, I think we had five friendlies. We won all of them, including some victories over the likes of uh, Rochdale and, um, and Bradford City as well in there. So a couple of football league sides. Uh, so I, I don't think you can usually factor too much into pre-season results, obviously, because teams are still getting the fitness up and things like that. But uh, from our perspective, you could really see that Paul Cook's been working hard with the players and has managed to implement his style of play really quickly into the team, which was nice to see. OK, yeah, so yours sounds like what I wish ours was. <laughs> well, what, uh, what happened with yours? Because uh, we had... Uh, so we played... God, we have to think now. So we played Macclesfield, who aren't really Macclesfield as we know them anymore as such, are they? Mm. You know, they're, they're not sort of a football league powerhouse now. They're no. part-time. I think they're two or three divisions below us. So, obviously, that wasn't that wasn't really a test. Um, and then we, the main thing, we had this disastrous sort of uh, tour that they planned in Spain where they announced it at the start of the season, at the, at the start of the summer, and they didn't announce who we were playing. Oh. And then it was a week before that they managed to scramble some fixtures, sort of <laughs> claiming that the, the, somebody had pulled out with COVID, and it just didn't feel very, um, it didn't feel very well organised. 
And in the end, we played Leganes, uh, which is a decent Spanish side, um, and a Forest under-21s it was in the end. It was supposed to be an under-23s. Oh, right, yeah. It turned out to be a Forest under-21s, and it was just, you know, it, you know, it just didn't feel very... It felt like we were throwing things together rather than mm. we, we we thought this through at the start of the summer. You know, this is who we're going to play. This these will be at a certain level of fitness. These will be at, you know, and it just so it just didn't feel good to me. Our you know hours. Whereas you playing playing some some good sides, which will test you. Um, and we played uh, uh, somebody from the uh, we played another Welsh side, Carnarvon, who uh, mm. that was the game that uh, we we lost that game with like a B team on it, but we lost one of our goalkeepers. So Dibble oh, went right. down. Christian Dibble went down in that game. Um, so so um, yeah, I don't think our preseason was great at all. So yours does sound a bit, a bit, a little bit better than ours, <laughs> um, irrespective of results. Because results, like you say, results don't matter. It's a fitness thing, really, isn't it? You know, you yeah, want to get get minutes in the legs. Um, so yeah, so you've done. You've signed what six, seven players. You've had, you uh, know, I think we've, signed, we've signed more than that. Yeah, I think we've signed about twelve at this point. So there's, there's been a, a massive squad overhaul at, at the club. Um, Paul Cook. I mean, l- last season it, it was clear for, for everyone to see that, that Paul Cook couldn't implement his style of play with with the players that we had. So we knew there was going to be a big turnover. That's how it's panned out. I think we've let about 10, 11 players go. We've, we've brought twelve in. So yeah, a lot of new faces around the club. That used to be standard fare, didn't it? It was like sweep yeah. it out. If your players on one two-year contract, sweep them out, and then obviously gives you the chance to ch- to sort of to change them. Uh, we've yeah, seen that that's interesting for for us because we're we're a bit different now. Mm. The money's allowed them to give out three-year deals, so we we see everything as two or three-year deals. Whereas you know I'm used to us signing players for one year. <clears throat> that's what all we used to sort of see. So um, so who are the players then that you know? I mean. Dobra's probably the, the the one one of the ones I guess that sort of made a good name for himself in week was it week one he looked lively, yeah yeah so Armando Dobra obviously he's come from Ipswich, Ipswich Town yeah. um, along with Bailey Clements as well so they were both two young lads Dobra's yeah. an attacking midfielder Bailey Clements is a left back uh, Dobra's shown some really good touches so far um, he's, he's too good for this division to be honest with you got got a goal and an assist down at Dorking on the opening day yeah saw that. Yeah. Uh, and looked really dangerous against Aldershot um, yesterday as well with, with some very direct runs from midfield, uh, just causing all kinds of problems with their defence. So they're both really dangerous. Then we've signed another left-back from Doncaster, Brandon Horton, who okay. was um, has been chipping in with some really dangerous passing so far. Joe Cook has joined at centre-half from Bognor Regis. Then obviously we've, we've mentioned Dobro. We've also signed uh, Giassi to play yeah. just behind the striker in the free. Yeah. Um, along with God, you're testing me now. So, so many <laughs> new players are coming. <laughs> so that's what it's like, isn't it? When you sign a dozen yeah. or so, you like you know you lose track of the ones that you perhaps yeah. don't see so much. The ones yeah, that aren't starting yeah. all the time, you lose track of them a little bit. Um, definitely. Um, but then the, the, the mainstay, well, that's sort of the, the biggest player that we sign really, in my opinion, is is Ollie Banks. Uh, we've got him in from Barrow. He's a commanding central midfielder who's um, we actually had him previously at the club. Um, back when Paul Cook was here initially and we got to the League One playoffs and he, he played a part in that. So we, we knew he was a decent player. He's come on leaps and bounds even since then. So he's been running the show in the first couple of games, including having a bit of a stint in net down at Dorking as well. So, so. so that's who went in goal after you keep yes. sent off. Yeah. But there was no video. To, was, was that a stamp? Because there was no video footage of that that certainly that got released. So it was kind of, it, it wasn't really very clear for... Uh, for us, I guess on what exactly what he did, but he has got a bit of history of it, hasn't he? He's a bit of a bit of a hothead now and again. Yeah, Lucas Covelin. Yeah, so he got sent off three times last season, including on his debut for Port Vale. 
uh, and then goes and got gets sent off on his debut for Chesterfield the year the year <laughs> afterwards. Uh, there's been a few clips circulating on Twitter, like from the stands, and it, it definitely right. was a stamp. He right. stamped on him. So, to be honest, what a stupid decision from him because he's co- he's p- possibly cost us two points there by doing that. So, yeah, yeah, it do. I mean, it's it's from a fan's point of view, it's classic, isn't it? You're like, well, what, what were you thinking? But I, yeah. you know, heat of the moment. If you've played a lot of football, you you see the red mist, you know, and you're just like, mm. yeah, you, 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 it it does happen. Um, definitely. So, um. From outside, so I guess from a Chesterfield point of view, like we, we see Wrexham very internally. You know, we, we're very protective about what's going on because we get we get we get a lot of sort of we get a lot of flack on social media. Become you know Hollywood Wrexham or oil money Wrexham as we were called at one point. <laughs> um, so from somebody from from like yourselves, what 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 are your thoughts looking 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 inward now? Because you know um, on on Wrexham because we we I say we get protective because like it's not like. We haven't earned that after 15 years in the in non-league, um, so you know we do get protective. But from outside, what do you think, fans? Certainly, like you're, you're like Chesterfield. What what are you guys thinking? Well, I've seen a lot of people on social media, obviously, saying the things that you've just said, like oh, money money bags for Exton and, and things like that. But you're always going to get that on Facebook and Twitter. It's just it's just yeah, how yeah. it goes on there, isn't it? Um, I mean, from a personal perspective, I think, you know what, fair play to, to Rexham. I mean, you've had a lot of misery for like the last 15 years, like you say. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's nice to see a, a big club possibly getting back into the Football League. Obviously, I'd, I'd rather we went up at your expense. But, Absolutely. I get um, that. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to see all these big clubs get back into the league at some point. You know, as as you guys, Notts County, Oldham, all, if, all these teams belong in the Football League, to be honest. So yeah, the more of them that can go up, the better. Yeah, OK. That's interesting. I, I, say, I, mean, I agree. I don't sort of... T- clubs that have suffered, I don't, you, you can't begrudge them, a, a, you know, a little bit of, a little yeah. bit of comfort, can you? So you know, um, same with it, Stockport last year as well. Like, yeah. you know, they, they went down even further, didn't they? To National League North. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, yeah, but it's easy said for me because obviously we're in it and benefiting from it. Whereas obviously, yeah. when yeah. you're not a fan benefiting from it, I think you, you know, I don't, you don't blame people for, for that, I guess. Um, it's it's, so, it's 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 frustrating when obviously we can't compete with you financially, and you know the players you signed are, are amazing. And things like uh, you know the players you signed are probably League One quality, some of them, and potentially lower Championship quality. But you know that's at the end of the day, the money's there to be spent. You've spent it well, and you've got a very good squad and a good chance of going up this year. So fair play. Yeah, we hope so. Uh, nothing's guaranteed, though, is it? You know, if you've watched football as long as I have, you know that like you know, <laughs> there is no guarantee in this. Yeah, money doesn't true. give you just all that. Um, so players wise, I guess, I mean, what do you think, who do you think uh, are, are, the, are, the, are the big signs? Who are the threats in this league that Wrexham have picked up, do you think, from outside? What, as in your, your biggest, yeah, I mean, is it just your main phrase? People just go, it's, it's, it's all mulling. Uh, you know who who are the na- who are the people that are making names sort of you know that because we obviously know them inside out like you know your yeah, Chesterfield yeah. players inside out but who are the players perhaps that uh, the names that are coming to to other fans and they're thinking like Elliot Lee obviously scored two on his debut yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so you know is, is I'm just interested in in who 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 other fans think are the are the sort of threats and the the big players are in the in the club. Well, it's uh, it'll be Mullin and Palmer, won't it? And then, like you say, Elliot Lee join in as well. Who was he playing in the championship not too long ago for for Charlton? So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, they'd be the main three. Obviously, you've you've signed some. It's basically a League One attack, isn't it? That that attack would not look out of place playing in League One. So, uh, that, yeah, it'd be them three. Okay, yeah. Um, so, 
I don't know if you were, were you at the, did you go to any of the games last year? Certainly the home, were you at your home game? The 2-0, yeah. The 2-0. So I was, I I was at that game. I went to that game uh, uh, and for, I don't know, let's call it the first half. I don't know what it was all in all, but we were played off the park for 30, 40 minutes of that first half. Um, I'm sure you, half time came and we were like, whew. You must have been thinking, well, it's just a matter of time before you know before we can before we 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 score, um, and we so we snatched a snatched a win off you there because you looked really impressive, didn't you? I'd, I'd say so, but also you you defended the pressure in the first half really well. So and that's the mark of a good side. When you've got your backs to the wall, you know you, you can grind out those results no matter what. And at the end of the day, that's that's what you guys did. I, th- I thought. To be honest, I came away from the game. I wasn't even annoyed. I just, I just said, Wrexham have done a good job on us there. They've defended well in first half. They've taken the chances when they've come. So fair play to you. I'm, I'm just hoping it'll be a bit of a different story on, on Tuesday night, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I, you obviously got your first win uh, yesterday. Um, so you'll have a bit of confidence from that. Are you, are you looking, is this one, is there any trepidation about it? Is it like, oh, we're definitely just going to go and turn them over now because they've only drawn? Or what, what, are your, what are your thoughts, do you think? I don't think you can go off early season results, to be honest, and look at teams. Uh, you, get, you get people winning one game and going, oh, yeah, that's it, we're going to win the league. And <laughs> I, think, I think it's stupid, to be honest. Um, I won't look at a league table until 10 games have been played because I think that starts okay. to give you a, a realistic like, look at how, how sort of strong the teams are for that season. Um, so I don't know. It, it genuinely could go either way. We've got a really good squad. You've got a really good squad. It should make for a cracking game of football. Fingers crossed we, we get the three points, but you, you just don't know what's going to happen. Just going on to that, that's quite interesting because uh, obviously we drew we we drew at Yeovil at the weekend, and the the Parkinson out brigade are out again already, mm. and that's quite interesting because last season they were there because the football wasn't great to be honest, um, and I guess you could say we sort of crumbled at the end because obviously we lost the cup final to Bromley and then obviously lost in the playoffs to yeah to the team that eventually went up to be fair, um, but they're they're out in force already as. And people are sort of saying, well, on paper, this team should be beating everybody four or five nil. I'm like, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen mm. like that. And in my experience, nobody front runs this league. Very rare do they front run it and stay no. there all season because it's so long. It's such a yeah. slog. It's such a, you know, it's such a slog, isn't it? It's a bit of a cliche, but there are literally no easy games in the National League. And you, you see it week in, week out. You get teams down the bottom of the table, turning over teams up near the top, and you just think, where's that result come from? But it just says a lot about the quality of the league that you've got. Probably 20 teams that can all compete fairly well with each other, to be honest. And there probably is a bit of a gulf between the sort of Chesterfield, Notts County, Wrexham and Solihull and, and the rest of the league. But it, it's not a massive gap. Like, regardless of the, the money that you guys have spent, the money that we've spent on the likes of Shimanga as well, it's... You know, at the end of the day, most games still are really tight, and you've got to say you've got to give credit to the rest of the league for for, for making those games tight. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean it is. It's it's part of the attraction of of what we love, I guess, about this league. Although I won't yes. miss it, but um, you know, the, the <laughs> me neither, that, me neither. <laughs> no, but the fact that you know, almost three quarters of it can turn could can turn up and finish in the top seven or eight, mm. if depending, you know, depending on their form. So. It's just a crazy. There's no league quite like it, is there? It's just ridiculous, especially with one going up automatic as well. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's an added factor. The, the the championship can be like it as well, I think. But entertainment, you know, mm. that can be quite can be quite tight. But yeah, no, I agree. Um, so Tuesday night, so I'll be on the bus. We'll be we'll be heading out looking for 
team news or like who's playing for Wrexham, who's playing for Chesterfield. Um, so you've got goalkeeper wise, who will play for you then? And is that last? Will that be last season's keeper? Is that or is? Uh, so what 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 we've had to do is draft in a goalkeeper at really short notice Emergency because basically yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we didn't actually have a goalkeeper when Covell got red carded. He was the only keeper at the club. So, so that's um, why there wasn't one on the bench. I thought it was a tactical thing because so what, you so rarely need them, but that's why, right? But m- m- most teams in this league don't even put um, goalkeepers on the bench most weeks, do they? I mean, we we've pretty much for the entire time we've been down here, we we don't have a goalkeeper um, on right. the bench. So I think it's because you only have five subs, so you want to maximise yeah. your outfield options, don't you, for changing and the game and stuff? Yeah, it's so so unlikely to be needed, isn't it? You know. Exactly, yes. But uh, so to answer your question, we, we've drafted in uh, Ross Fitzsimmons, who he's been around at this level. I think he would be uh, Players Player of the Year and the Fans Player of the Year at Weymouth last season, playing in okay. goal. So he, he's he's then gone out to Gibraltar and he's been playing a bit of football out there, playing in the um, Europa Conference League as well. So okay. a bit of European experience and then and yeah, sunshine. He's, he's he's awesome. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, something up for a few months out there. This must have been nice. <laughs> but then, yeah, so he's we brought him in and. He looked steady enough on, on Saturday. He did a good job to say he'd come in at such short notice and hopefully he can he can only sort of kick on from there, really. OK. So, Shimanga made his return as a sub, I'm assuming, obviously, at the weekend. Was that right? How, how many minutes did he get? He came on around the sort of 60, 65th minute mark. So, he got a good 25, 30 minutes under his belt. It, it was really nice to see him back on the pitch after, you know, that horrible injury that he sustained in, in February. And... Uh, yeah, I think I think it was important for him to get the minutes before this massive game that we've got on Tuesday now because he he could be the difference in that game if it's a tight nil nil or one all he yeah. can pop up and get the winner. So yeah, so interesting Shimanga because although um, obviously from our point of view, I guess we wanted Mullin to have all the acclaim and win all the awards because that's you know we're we're obviously wanting to keep older Mullin. Um, I don't think there was many people that were pleased to see Shimanga injured. You know what I mean? No. I think most people were. Were sort of really respectful of what he was doing, and you know he, the way he was tearing it up. He really sort of, you know, really he just terrorised everybody, didn't he? Yeah, well, twenty-four goals in twenty-seven games. Oh. It's, that says it all, doesn't it? It's nearly a goal a game. It's just that was a ridiculous goal scoring form he was in, and then I think him getting injured last year pretty much derailed our season. We we just yeah. limped over the line after that, and just about got in the playoffs, but it, we really did struggle without him. So I, I mean, I, I mean, it sounds to me from the outside that sounds like he wouldn't start, and they would they would use him as an impact substitute. Is that a fair assumption, or do you think he might throw, might say, well, you've had half an hour, go and start the game and see what you can do? I'm, I'm not sure because Paul Cook's got options now up from which, whereas before last season we didn't really have that many options up top to be honest. But this year he's got Scott Quigley, who he's, he's looked okay in pre-season, scored a few goals. He was unlucky on Saturday, actually, because he, he, um, he, it looked like he scored. So it looked like the ball had gone over the line, but the goal wasn't given by the ref. So he could have got off the mark there. Um, so Quigley's looking pretty good. And then we've got a Quasi Asante as well, who obviously, yeah. um, when the season was behind closed doors a couple of years back, we, we were watching him on live streams, just completely tearing the National League to shreds. Then he got a bad injury, and now he's, he's back to full fitness after having a full pre-season. So we've got plenty of options up front now. He was on the transfer list for a little while, wasn't he? And then they pulled him off about a week ago or so. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It was because he did so well in pre-season. He, he came right. back really fit, wanting to sort of keep his place here. And, and he fought for his place. And yeah, fair play to him. Paul Cook has obviously seen something in him and decided to keep him at the club. Any, anybody else we should be watching? Who, who else do you think will start? What, what, would your, what would your guess be at your start in 11 then? 
he's kept pretty much the same lineup through all the preseason friendlies and the first two games. So I can probably give you a fairly accurate yeah, go on, have a, have prediction, a go. actually. And I'll I'll well, do I'll do the Wrexham one with a caveat. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be Fitz Simons in goal, uh, Brandon Horton left back. Then you'll have uh, Jamie Grimes and Tyrone Williams centre backs. Jeff King at right back. Uh, Darren Oldacre and Ollie Banks in the defensive midfield positions. Then you'll probably have Dobra, um, potentially Giassi or Asante. Um, and who else will we have? It'll be, I think it'll be quickly starting up front, to be honest okay. with you. And then yeah. on the right-hand side of the midfield, I'm just trying to think who we've been playing for the last few games. Uh, it'll be Liam Mandeville, who scored a lovely scored goal, goal on the weekend. On Saturday. A fantastic finish if you've not seen it. Um, no, so, not... yeah, that'll, 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 that'll be the starting eleven. Okay. Um, so I would have uh, 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 let's just touch on Giassi actually because I don't know if you you might not be aware of this from the outside, but uh, he terrorised us in a game that we had last season. Uh, we had a ding dong six five with Dover. Um, uh, yeah, so you're shaking your head, so you yeah, might have remembered. I, 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 saw, I saw I saw the highlights of it. What a mental game it must have been. Well, it, I mean, it was it it was kind of like the warm up for. Grimsby, I, I say I don't expect you to have seen that game, but that playoff game was like basketball. You know, it was. Just I watched that as well. I watched that. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Two games where our defense didn't really turn up, but Jassy mm. absolutely ruined us again that day. You know, his his pace, um, and we just couldn't mark him. Couldn't get hold of him. You know, um, so he was a good signing. He's a really, you know, he's a real live wire for a good signing for you guys. Um, so from our point of view. Um, uh, Mark Howard will start in goal, uh, who's the key- new keeper this season that came in from Carlisle. He was Carlisle's player of the year last year. All oh, right. Um, so he'll start in goal. Now, we tend to play a sort of 3-5-2. So we signed Anthony Ford from Oxford. Now, he's had two really average games. And uh, a, a, a right back that we had from Leeds called Bryce Hazanna just sort of... Has, had a, a disrupted preseason, but he came on at the weekend and was quite lively. So I've just got a feeling he might start over Ford. Mm. Very attacking fullback. Um, uh, uh, Parkinson, good, really, good player, Hosanna. To be yeah, fair. so Parkinson really likes him. He plays him left wing back sometimes as well. Um, so he, he just he seems to like just try and fit him into the side however he can. Um, so I've got a feeling Hosanna's going to start. Uh, our back three will be the usuals, which will be Aaron Hayden, Ben Tozer, and young Max Cleworth. Who uh, yeah, you will obviously know not much about probably, but he's been outstanding so far. He's keeping a, a couple of good, experienced pros out the side. Mm. Um, then we signed Mendy from Boreham Wood, good player, who everybody says is really good. And we've got uh, McFadden as well, um, Callum McFadden. And now he played Mendy at the weekend, and I was quite surprised at that. Um, so I think he's going to be safe this time. I think he'll play McFadden. Um, to be, I think we'll go a bit more solid than we did against Yeovil. Because against Yeovil, he went super attacking, and that's not like Parky at all. He's normally quite reserved um, and then kind of throws the kitchen sink on when he needs to. Um, so I think um, with Tom O'Connor, who we signed from Burton, I think he's out because he's picked up an injury again. Uh, so Luke Young will play probably with Jordan Davis and James Jones. Um, J- uh, John Davis will probably sit behind the front two of Mullin and Palmer, I think, because Davis uh, s- scored twenty odd goals last season for us. So from wow. midfield, so you know that he was he was uh, takes all the set pieces and stuff as well. Mm. So he'll, um, I think, I, I you know, I'm pretty sure that'll be how he'll start the game. And I think Elliot Lee will 
come off the bench because he's the big name, I guess, that people still know um, from our side. So I suspect he'll come from the bench. I don't think Park, it was so unusual on Saturday when I saw the team, she was like, what's going on? Why why are we going Mm. so attacking? It was really strange. Um, uh, And obviously it didn't do us any good in the end. Um, So, (laughs) yeah. Um, so that's what, what I think. What, what, happened, what happened down at Yeovil then? Because you you were winning two one until fairly late in the game, no, weren't you? No, no, we were. So that game ended one all. Oh, one all. Apologies. Yeah. yeah, we were winning one nil. Mullin scored. Um, it sounded like an, a nothing performance, a nothing game. It was just you know we couldn't get going. They weren't doing too much and didn't do mm. too much. But um, when you get the chance to see the, Nash, the the highlights, I don't know if you ever watch them on, on BT Sports or whether you watch it, the YouTube, sort of they, they yeah, put a 15-minute type, yeah. type of thing out. Um, they've scored uh, an absolute worldie out of nowhere. Um, you know, a, it must be 25-odd yards oh, right. volley yeah. out of nowhere. Um, and then we just never never got going then after that. So, um, I th- so this is where the this is where I think the the, the sort of Parky Out Brigade have come back now because mm. we should have gone to Yeovil and won four or five nil apparently. But <laughs> that, yeah, the National League teaches you that that doesn't happen in my you know that's in my experience anyway. No, definitely uh, not. It doesn't happen very often. Um, so yeah, so that's what I think. Um, I I'm would I take a draw now? I would take a draw now and move on with it. I think. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be saying, oh, we've got to go there and win. It's too early in the season, like you're saying. You know, yeah. you don't need to look at the National League table because it's, what, 46-odd games. Uh, you know, you don't need to look at the table now. But So I would take a point and move on myself. But as a home team, I'm guessing you might think a bit different about that because you've got a bit more expectation about Chesterfield in that that way. Uh, no, because I think you guys are the favourites for the title, so I, I would take a point off you to be honest. And then we're going, we're actually going to Notts County on the Saturday just after oh, that okay. game as well. So we're right. playing two of our direct promotion rivals like back to back, and I would take two points out of those games and, and move on quite happily to be honest. Yeah, you you won't win or lose the league title in the third and fourth games, no, the, no, irrespective no. of the result. In my opinion, um, I don't think you would. Um, no, definitely not. But from a confidence point of view, I think remaining unbeaten is, is nice. So if, yes. to be honest, I think if, if you ask both sets of supporters, they both say, yeah, take a point. And, and you know, we'll, we'll see yeah. where we are in, in six months time when it comes to deciding league titles and things like that. Yeah, I, I agree. We had a, a long stint where we were uh, sort of grinding out draws early on, about mm. this time last season, actually, where Parkinson had just got in and we weren't blowing teams away. We had, you know, we had spent a little bit of money then. Um and we were just grinding out a lot of draws, and it was the same thing then for us. You know, people were moaning, but it was, to me, it was like, let's just get points in the bag, and you know, and, and hope. Hopefully, it's about Christmas. This league really kicks on. I yeah, think, definitely. You know, you really find over that Christmas spell, people start taking steps up that ladder. Yeah, um, definitely. In well, my just look, look at you—you you and Stockport last season. Like neither of you were anywhere near the, the top three, and then you, you both went on ridiculous runs, like in the second that. half of the season. And obviously, you very nearly got promoted, didn't you? I think if you'd started your run a couple of weeks earlier, Correct. you'd have gone up in rather Maybe. than Stockport. It did feel a bit like Stockport were feeling the pressure a bit. I don't, you know, not saying they had a massive wobble, but they were feeling it a little bit. But we it had got pretty really... tight, didn't it? Towards the it end, got t- it did, yeah. Um, but the interesting thing was we had a really weird spell as well where we were benefited because we had seven home games in a row 
How does that happen? Just, just because of like COVID re, uh, rearrangements and just the way the you know you get through the season, you get the other cancellations for different reasons and what yeah, have you. Yeah. So we had a real weird spell where we had seven games at home. That that's uh, crazy. Which is uh, so. I think we won all. I think I'm pretty sure we won all of them. So that that's a massive chunk of points from you know a good home run, isn't it? Yeah, um, definitely. But the downside to that last season was um, that. Uh, Parkinson played pretty much the same 11 all the time because he didn't think he had quality on the bench unless he had to through injury or suspension. Um, he didn't. So then when push come to shove at the end of the season, they, they were goose. They didn't have the legs to, mm. to do it. Um, so that was the uh, that was the downside to, 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 to our season last season. Yeah, so, well, I, I guess the, I guess now you've got the options like Elliot Lee on the bench though, which I, what what a player that is to be able to bring on when you need a goal. I mean, you know that to be fair, that Eastley showed that you know there you go that thirty minutes of class. Um, you know he he he, he was a difference maker there. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's what we needed more of, and that's obviously what you know we've only signed six players this summer um, because it didn't need a you know, the mass broom to get rid of everybody and bring everybody no. back in. We didn't need that. We just needed some fine tuning, I guess. Um, yeah. More so. Um, Did so you bring I'll a be... centre-half in as well? Sorry. Sorry yeah, to Tony Cliff. Yeah, we Tony brought Tony Cliff, yeah. Cliff in. Um, uh, uh, and I, well, I thought he would be... I, he was injured pre-season because I thought he would take right. young Max Clareworth's spot. Mm. Um, but Clareworth has started the season and doesn't want to give up that shirt. He's probably been our best player in the two games. Nice. Um, so he's been really, really good. Um, so, yeah, so I'll be in that away end. Uh, which So as I'm in the away end, where will you be in comparison to I, me? I, I sit in the cop in the south stand, so I'll be right, on the so opposite, opposite end of the pitch end. to you. Yeah, making making funny hand gestures at you. Like <laughs> <laughs> got flags, got flags. Anything, will, I, will I be able to spot you? Are you near a certain flag or...? Uh, so I'm right near the back to the right of the goal. So okay. if you can if you can try and spot me, then you know give it give it a go. But it's quite a big pitch, so I, d- I doubt you'll be able to unless you bring your binoculars or something. Have you got a, a band drummer trumpeter? What do you have? I can't yeah, remember. We've last got year. We've, we've got a drummer, yeah. So that, drummer. that does help with the atmosphere, and then it, it should be a bumper crowd as well. I know you guys are bringing what is it, two thousand or something uh, like that. So yeah, my understanding was we sold our first twelve hundred tickets um, straight away, and then we got another six hundred. I haven't seen anything to say that they'd sold all them out, but they could. Maybe I've missed it. So uh, I would have thought there'll be fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred, um, which is a it's a you know it's not too far away. You're only a couple of hours away from us, but a yeah. Tuesday night game. That's not a you know that's not a not a bad not a bad bunch to come up, is it? No, it's cracking following, and I think that, that these are the games that you live for as a football fan. That, you know, sold, sold out stadium, two of the promotion favourites going head to head. Like what a game it's going to be. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll bring plenty to your place as well when it, when it's the reverse fixture. So thank you very much to Matt for that chat pre-Chesterfield. Some interesting uh, points in there. Uh, their goalkeeping situation predominantly interested me, given the fact that they didn't really seem to have a ready-made backup goalkeeper. And you think the the sort of problems that we've had this year with goalkeepers, and the we were in a relatively sort of luxurious position with uh, at one point with Leighton, Howard, and Dibble, and obviously one is still not recovered. One went down, uh, and then we were obviously only left with Howard, and obviously Rory Watson's come in, and. Uh, 
we, that that remains a remains a debate, I guess, with Watson because uh, I I really thought we might have had another goalkeeper in by now, even if it was on loan. Because because uh, of the way they sort of uh, worded the introduction for Watson, but there uh, there's been no no rumours really, so it looks like Watson's gonna gonna stay with us for a while. Uh, certainly looks like Dibble's not coming back soon. Still see pictures of him in that leg brace and on crutches. So uh, it looks like they're giving Watson definitely giving him a chance to sort of uh, to sort of uh, prove his prove himself. So uh, yeah, so just to. Uh, Sort of wrap things up also. We've got uh, me and Alex Carter picked up again and had a chat about uh, sort of Yeovil, uh, the performance, the fans' reaction, some player ratings from uh, all those of you that kindly voted in my little poll that I've been doing. So we've got some player ratings to go through in case you haven't seen them. Uh, and then sort of a quick look ahead to uh, to Macclesfield. So yeah, here's, uh, here's mine and Alex's uh, chat. Right, so should we start with Yeovil? Should we go for it? Are we live? Are we? We're live, mate. Yes. Oh, I promise not to swear. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll go bleep. I'll it. bleep it out. It's all right. I'll bleep you out. <laughs> uh, have you seen the highlights yet? By the way. Yeah, I've seen the highlights. Um, what, what did you? What did you think of those few highlights? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the greatest set of highlights in the world, but. What we can take away from that is Paul Mullins opened his account for the season. Only took him what one match in a bit. Yeah, so probably what we expected. Typical Paul Mullin goal. Yeah, uh, it's a battler, really. Oh yeah, he's a battler, predator, feed off scraps. He'll do anything. And um, you know, I thought he scuffed the finish at first, but uh, yeah, I've watched it two or three times. I think he's been quite clever and he's seen the gap. Um, to the left-hand side of the keeper. And at six minutes gone, I thought, here we go. Finally win two matches out of two at the start of a National League season. <laughs> um, getting at half-time, we sounded comfortable. Um, yeah. I listened on the radio to, uh, to Mark Griffiths. We sounded comfortable. And then what can you do about goal of the season contenders? Not much, really, is there? And... That's one of the best goals I've seen scored against Wrexham, definitely in the past two or three seasons. It straight into the top corner. Keeper, I was critical of Howard last week, but I think we'll all agree he's got no chance saving that one. Um, and from the sounds of it, I had a friend who's a Yeovil fan. He was behind the goal, and he's, he's probably biased, of course, but he reckons Yeovil in the second half probably deserved to win it on chances created. Um, I think Mark Griffiths on Wrexham player said a draw was a fair result, but it's it's worrying that we weren't the side who were pressing for that win in the second half. And I know the heat's got a lot to do with it. It's early in the season. A point away at Yeovil isn't the end of the world, but I was slightly disappointed we uh, didn't pose more of a threat in the... <clears throat> Um, the last 13 minutes or so of that game, like we did away at Yeovil last season where we came back to win 2-1. Um, but you know what? Point's not the end of the world. I went on to social media after the game, 
probably the wrong decision and some of the reaction or overreaction to the to the draw is is uh, is baffling if you ask me people calling for Parky's heads people saying we'll never go up playing like that people saying how have we not how are we not beating teams like Yeovil and at the end of the day, there's no easy games in this league, especially away from home, especially when it's 34 degrees. Um, so I'm happy. Well, not happy, but I'm content with the points. Um, wasn't the greatest performance, but then again, do you ever see great performances two games into the season? Probably not, but you know what? I'm not going to argue too much of a point. So let me give you my brief thoughts, especially having spoken to uh, some, somebody who was there as well, a Wrexham fan who was there I spoke to today, which will yeah. be on the be on the, the podcast that I put out. Um, and she said that sort of second half, they definitely came out and fancied it more than us. Um, especially Jamie Record, he had the bit between his teeth, as you'd expect, yeah? Ex-player been dumped, sort of, really, wasn't he, by Parkinson? I think he played a couple of games and then he got him out the door as pretty much as quick as he could. Um, but she said it was it was really flat. The atmosphere was flat as well. There was no Manny Thomas with the drum. Um, and the heat might have had something to do with that. Is is You know, uh, everyone's a bit sort of, um, yeah, especially if you've been there an hour or so early, you've, you know, you're getting a bit sort of, Heat stroke by then, aren't you? And then you get a flat performance in front of you that kills the atmosphere, doesn't it? So there was, there was, there was none of that. But it was the same thing. There wasn't a lot of action at either end, from what you can see on the highlights, was there? It was a bit of a nothing game. Um, and yeah, that to one extent it does worry you because you think, well, we didn't sort of clear out everybody, did we? You'd expect that if we'd have cleared out twelve people and started again. But we hadn't, you know, we we fine tuned, didn't we? Um, yeah, so, you know, there a is there is a little bit of that to it. You think, well, we'd you'd have hoped for a bit better early on, especially. I mean, I was amazed at the team selection. Ooh, I never thought that. I was amazed at the first team selection when I saw Tom O'Connor was oh, in the yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, oh, that was a, a miraculous recovery. And then, of course, we got the second team a couple of minutes later. And I was like, is Tom O'Connor injured getting off the bus or is it just a, a mistake by the admin? Um, turns admin out error. Yeah, but... Psychology could have been. Pardon? Could have been psychological, Parky playing games. Parker on the on the Twitter account, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Mullins not playing. Uh, what? <laughs> just kidding. Um, team selection... I think we discussed it on the spaces on, was it Thursday night? Yeah. We thought the most likely, well, the two most likely changes were at left back and, of course, in midfield. Um, yeah, I wasn't surprised to see Mendy in the uh, starting lineup. Oh. I think against the lower um, ranked teams in the league, like Yova, I would prefer to see. A player yeah. like Mendy play just because his attacking uh, prowess, he's getting forward a lot more. He can hurt the opposition. Whereas McFadden's probably a bit more of a, a steady Eddie. And Correct. I agree. Totally agree with you. Probably expected to start against Chesterfield on Tuesday, and then of course the other swap was in midfield, so it was enforced. David. That was kind of one of it was enforced, wasn't it, with O'Connor being injured. Um, so yeah. we were always going to have to we were always going to have to rotate one of them. But I, I away from home, I didn't think he'd drop James Jones and put 
just me personally, I'm not saying that's not what you would do or I would do, but I didn't see Parky doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Parky's can often be quite conservative away from home. So to play the two number 10s in Jordan Davis and Elliot Lee, I think that one definitely took me by surprise. I was the same as you. I was expecting Jones and Young to, to be the sitters, to be the runners in the middle of the park. And then you choose one of Elliot Lee or Jordan Davis in that 10 role, so to speak. And again, coming from feedback from the fans who were there, it didn't sound like it worked. I don't really see how he can play Davis and Lee in the same team when they're playing 3-5-2. I just think they're too similar. I think so, you have to play two of Jones, Young and O'Connor as the sitters, and then one of Lee or Davis in behind the front two. I absolutely agree with you, 100%. My social media timeline it totally disagrees with us, it would appear. Um, you know, everybody thinks that uh, Elliot Lee and Davis should play, and not only that, the messages I was getting were like, "We, we should be, we, this should be five or six nil. We should be winning these games easy." You know, it's a disgrace. And like you said, the social media reactions are bonkers. They're crazy. What you know, you don't win or lose the league on the you know the second game or even the third game in the Chesterfield game. That's not going to cost us the league at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've seen people saying Chesterfield or bus, Tuesday's a must-win now. And you're like, 46, 46-game season this season, isn't it? Because there's yeah. 24 teams. So you're not going to win or lose the league in mid-August. Um, fair enough, if we get to 10, 12 games and we're perhaps not on the top three, we're not playing the best, then fair enough, you can have a moan. You can say we've had 10 matches now, why aren't we clicking why aren't we gelling we've bought all these new quality signings on top of the really good squad we've already got so fair enough to give it 10 matches and it worries me that this is the level of <laughs> expectation yeah expectation as well yeah because you're not going to win games five or six nil in this league away from home in 34 degree heat no team's going to do that the championship team would struggle to beat teams five or six in this league in that heat so I think we just need to manage expectations a little bit better. Looking ahead to Tuesday as well, even if we draw that game, that's not a bad result against Chesterfield, is it? No. As I... long as we back it up on Saturday against Maidstone. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of things to say there. Yeah. So um, I'd actually I'd actually put a tweet out which said, uh, you know, I, in my opinion, that around Christmas time, we need to be in that top four. Right, and then you kick on after Christmas. That's what happens. Traditionally, that's what happens. You don't front run this league, start to finish. It's very rare that happens. Um, it's because it's such a slog. Um, but the amount of people who are like, no, we should be winning it from the start. It's a disgrace if we're not. And it's just like, like you say, you've just got to be realistic about this. Money doesn't guarantee your success, does it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We can buy all the players we want on. All the wages we could put them on, six grand a week for a goalkeeper. Twelve and a half or whatever, yeah. And it yeah. keeps going up. <laughs> but you're right. Every match in this league, you can't guarantee anything. Any team can beat any team on their day. And some quality sides in this division, people were saying, oh, if we don't go up as champions, it's a disgrace. But you still got teams like Chesterfield, 
Notts County, Solihull will be strong again. So it's not going to be easy. I, I do back us to win the league. Yeah, I do. I just don't think we're going to walk it. Yeah. And like you say, as long as we're in that pack or the hunting pack of three or four teams by Christmas, yeah. as long as we're A, within touching distance or B, actually top of the league, that'll do for me because yeah. we've got the January transfer window. We're also in a position where we can sign players. All season, we don't need windows. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> we're in the position, of course, now where we're not bound by Welsh transfer rules, which has hindered us in, in previous years. So that's another... Um, Big bonus. Yeah. cap, if you like, a bonus. Yeah, so I would happily take, by Christmas, either top of the league, if not within a few points of the leaders kick on after Christmas. So, like I say, I'm not going to read anything into the first 10 matches, really, because it's still very, very early doors, 46-game season. Um, so, yeah, even if we don't win on Tuesday, there'll be no panic stations, my end. No. I think to be... We've been in this league for 15 years now. God, sounds long. <laughs> and you're right, you very, very rarely see teams... Go top in October and finish top in May and plain sailing. You don't see that apart from. Did Fleet, I can't remember if Fleetwood did it that year. I can't remember whether. You know, in our 98 point more, season. Yeah, they had a spell where they just kept winning and winning, and so did we. So there's always that tiny little cushion between the two teams. Um, but I think but it's, were... it's such a rare occurrence. It, from my memory, it's so rare that that happens. Stockport didn't do it. Look, you know, they, they didn't yeah. do it, did they? You know, they were in a right mess come Octoberish time, November. I can't remember when they sacked it. But, uh... Yeah, and I think Sutton the season before, Barrow the season before that. I know it, that season got cut short due to COVID, but they never looked like runaway leaders at any point during no. that, that campaign. So, yeah, that Fleetwood season, I think, was a freak just because they had... Well, we, what we know it was, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, here's some food for thought. Just let's kind of uh, uh, we'll wind up on Yeovil. So um, I get people to do these little player ratings. I ask people who've been to the game to submit ratings for me, and I get these average ratings. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I so I put them out there. Let me see if I can find them. And let's just have a look at a couple of them and see. If we're surprised or not. So here you go. So these these are the ratings that that went out that that went out. and these are I didn't vote on these because I didn't go. You know these are people in theory. It's not perfect, but in theory these are people who've went and these are the average ratings. Yeah, and actually I compared them to Rich Williams from the leader today, and they weren't a mile off. Okay. The players that scored badly in these scored badly in Riches as well. So you know he might got a different number, but it was all relative. Um, so Mark Howard got a 5.7. On those highlights, he did drop another one, another cross. I don't know if you noticed, he dropped another cross. And it just makes you go, oh, can you just have a clean game and just like, you know, uh, can we just not have any concerns or whatever? Um, but he didn't have a lot to do other than that, I don't think, from those highlights that we saw. I don't know if uh, if you saw anything else. No, didn't see anything else. But like you say, that that drop cross is is a worry. I was expecting him to come in and be solid, reliable. 
none of this heart and mouth stuff when it comes to crosses and with the ball at his feet. So I think the Easter game, we put it down to first game nerves. Um, I'm hoping it was just the one shaky moment against Yeovil as well. And now he's he's settling in because if he's not, we're, uh, we're a bit short on the goalkeeping options <laughs> at the moment. I'll come on to that in a minute because I spoke to a Chesterfield, somebody from a Chesterfield fanzine and podcast, uh, and they've got a worse goalkeeping situation than us. So we'll come on to that, oh, which okay. I didn't realise. Um, so um, the lowest scored player was Anthony Ford. Ooh, right. What did he so get? Rich Williams gave him a five in the leader. He got a four point six off uh, off off the people that responded to to to, to sort of my little poll. So that's two games in a row now that he's been a bit iffy. I think Parkinson's going to... If I think Parkey will replace him with Azana against Chesterfield. Controversial opinion. We'll, we'll go on to team selection later. But that's just, you know, this guy's come from Oxford and you're thinking, well, this should be food and drink for him. But he's obviously something not settled yet, has he? Yeah, I mean, I watched him in the friendly against uh, Macclesfield a few weeks ago and I was really impressed with his performance then. Granted, it's against Macclesfield, who are what, three leagues, four leagues below Wrexham? Three, I think it's three, they're part-time and three leagues below us, yeah. Yeah, but even so, very impressed with him on the ball, going forward, he looked solid at the back. And then, I have to admit, I've not been to the Easter game or the Oval game, but it sounds like he's... Uh, Just struggled, not, not, not quite right. Yeah, I mean, League One and the National League, are two different leagues, aren't they? So maybe he's uh, just taking his time in terms of adjustment, but it is worrying that he's had uh, two, well, by the sounds of it, two substandard performances in a row. Okay, so uh, Mendy got six point two, Tozer a six. They were, uh, you know, from what I understand, they were they were just it went through the motions in effect. Mendy didn't impact it out wide like we'd have hoped. We hoped his quality was why we picked him rather than McFadzine especially in that yeah. final third, and he didn't influence the game at all, from what I understand. Um, and Toza was just, I think it was just Toza, really, just a quiet game, trying his diagonals, not coming off. What did you say? I think steady <laughs> is the word. Steady, yeah, steady Toza game. But Hayden and Clareworth, both 6.6s, um, and I think Rich Williams gave Clareworth a top, a top mark as well. Um so again, he's just he's not giving up that shirt, Clareworth, is he? He's not he's not for this this Tunnicliffe guy isn't coming here and having my shirt. He's like, forget it. You know, go and look somewhere else. Yeah. And you know what? Fair play to him. When we signed Tunnicliffe in the summer, obviously we've got Harry Lennon who can play left-sided centre back as well. I thought Max would surrender his place, but yeah. you know what? By the sounds of it, he said, No, having none of that. This yeah. is my spot. I'm gonna keep it. And you know what? I wouldn't be against that. He was still only what just turned twenty years of age. Yeah, it was but he birthday, looked like yeah. a, an experienced pro, especially alongside Hayden and um, and Toza. That'll help him as well. So, yeah, I expect to see him at Chesterfield on Tuesday I, as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Mark Griffith said that they did target him, and every team, I think every team sort of looks at our team sheet and goes, "We must be able to get at this young lad. He'll be inexperienced," and he just laps it up, and he's just like, you know, he, he's not having it. So that's uh, that was that was really good, right? The midfield, oh, right. Uh, Elliot Lee got a six. Luke Young got a six point four. Jordan Davis got a five. So that midfield, 
either didn't work, didn't work, stroke. We've got, I still think we've got some lingering fitness issues in that, you know, people didn't get enough minutes pre-season, personally. Yeah, I think Jordan Davis probably falls into that category. I think the back end of that season, he was always carrying some sort of injury, wasn't he? Little niggly ones. I think he came off in one game against Kings Lynn in early March time, where we felt it in the warm-up, didn't tell Parky, and then had to come off after about 30 minutes or so. So I think he's the kind of player who might carry niggle, but he's just desperate to play. Wants to play. Yeah. Wants to play, which is good, but... It's also a risk in that he can give a substandard performance or aggravate the injury he's already got. So, yeah, doesn't sound like he had the best of games when he came on against Eastley either. So, uh, well, I, he was—I I would say against Eastley, he was lively and he was trying. But after yeah. I watched, and I, I said this the other night, after about ten or fifteen minutes, he was at our end, sort of doubled over. You know, he was knackered. So yeah. uh, he came on much earlier than obviously they were hoping, didn't he? You know, he, he thought he was probably going to get 15 minutes as a sub. And instead he was on after, I can't remember how long O'Connor was in. It was 20, 25 minutes or something O'Connor lasted. Can't remember. It was roughly around there. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, that midfield didn't work. Stroke isn't fit enough. Stroke had a bad day. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, Ollie Palmer. Uh, got a 6.4. So okay. sound like he just had a, his usual sort of battling, sort of battling display. Uh, and Mully got a seven and a half because of the goal, I guess. You know, you give him a little bit. But when I spoke to Emma before, who was the Wrexham fan who went, she said you could see he was, you know, he was trying, he was running, he was dropping deep. He was, you know, trying to get on the ball, but he looked very frustrated um, because obviously he yeah. wasn't getting it 18 yards out from goal. He was, you know, he was 30 yards further back, which you don't want him there, do you? Exactly. Especially when it's 35 degrees. You don't want him to be running around in midfield or in the channels. You want him to be in that, in that danger area in front of goal. So, good goal, of course, though. Typical yeah, class goal. Yeah, class goal, yeah. Give him half a chance like that. He'll finish it off. Yeah. He's, and like you say, it's good that he's up and running now. He won't be thinking about that. He can just get on with it now. What can he, you know? Um, exactly, yeah, exactly. And he'd love to score in front of that packed away end on Tuesday night, won't he? Because he missed um, the Chesterfield away game last season because he was suspended after the... Maidenhead? No? Was it the yeah. Kung Fu kick against Maidenhead at home, yeah. It was the Maidenhead. It was, it was, the Maidenhead. The mis- was that the mistaken identity game? I can't remember. No, that was... Was it made in the head away twice? Was he? Did he get sent off twice against made in the head? It might have been. Yeah. So that was the early one that he um, he went in studs up or something about after about five or ten minutes. So this was the home game, yeah, where the referee yeah. I think originally gave a yellow and then the linesman signaled yeah. for a red card instead. And it was, to be fair, I was uh, I was in my yeah. cousin's I was in my cousin's box and I could see it very well, and it was. Yeah, I think he said he slipped, but. That's right. That's right. He did. Yeah, he wasn't a slip. And then also, Hosanna came on and James Jones came on, and, you know, they were in the fives. They were didn't impact yeah. the game, I guess, uh, as, as we'd have hoped. And Parky said it was just like the quality in the final third that was really disappointing. 
And you can see that on the highlights, there's lots of like passes that haven't quite got the weight or they're too heavy. You know, you can you can kind yeah. of see what he means. Again, I can only go off the highlights and word of mouth, but it sounds like we've not really clicked yeah. in the final third yet. Um, it looks I like can't that. really blame that on it being a new team because it's the same system, same two strikers up front, more or less the same midfield for um, Elliot Lee, of course. So I don't know what that's down to, actually. Don't be so Pretty pessimistic. <laughs> don't even do matches. And you know, we've scored two goals and one goal in both games. So that's not disastrous, is it? And we always score in Chesterfield. We do. Even when it's a handball by Ollie Palmer, we always score. <laughs> um, so is that Yeovil done? Anything else to add? I mean, it was a worldy of a goal. There was I did see a few people on social media questioning Howard, but it's too inconclusive, really. You know, he's going to be off his line when the ball's where it is. You'd expect him to be out that far. He's not going to stand on his goal line. You're looking like you're not so sure. I don't think he I would mean, have been anywhere else. I don't think he can stop that. Yeah, I'm not a goalkeeping expert, but I couldn't see anything wrong with his positioning. I don't think he was too far out. It looked like a natural position for a yeah. goalkeeper to be in. And I think it was a worldy of a hit. Top corner. Yeah. Last, yeah. Just yeah. one of them, isn't it? We're just sad we didn't have the quality to, you know, go on and win the game. Um, but, uh, you know, because they, they've pulled one out of nowhere, haven't they? Exactly. And you know what? If you did offer me four points from the first two matches, especially with the second one being in 34 degree heat at the start of the season, I'd have probably have taken that, especially when we were 1 0 down to Eastley after yeah. <laughs> So we, we, go to, we go to Chesterfield. Uh, did you get your ticket, by the way? Yeah. Thanks to the power of, of social media, I've acquired a ticket in the away end on Tuesday. So Thank you to, um, I think it was Wayne from the Turf who sorted me out in the end. He put me in contact with someone. So I'll be there on Tuesday. Um, can't wait. Cannot wait. It's a... It's a biggie. It's a biggie. It's all it's a shame it's this early in the yeah, season. I agree. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, didn't um, we have North County after about the third game last season? About the third they, or fourth game. We went yeah, away. Maybe the first home game because we played the first two away. That's right. If I remember rightly. I think because our stadium wasn't ready. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had Notts County first home game last season. That was what? 1 1. Paul Mullen scored. Too early. Too early for the big, yeah. these big title deciders. They need to be a bit further on in the, in the season. Or you could argue there's not as much pressure. So we can go there knowing that. We're not okay. 13 into the season. It's not a six-pointer, if you like, at the top of the table. We can maybe go there with a little less pressure on, knowing that if we don't win, it's not the end of the world. Although, if you check social media... It social feels media, like it will be. <laughs> it probably will be, yeah. Um, but no, I'm really looking forward to it. Packed away and summer, summer's evening. Two proper football teams, two big teams... Um, should be a great game as well. I'm hoping that Kabongo Shamanga isn't fit to start. Although, judging by Twitter today, it looks like he's, uh, he's ready to go. So, to I spoke to, uh, as I said, I spoke to somebody from Chesterfield before, uh, earlier this morning. Yeah. And when we spoke, uh, we, we, we talked about Shamanga. So, Shamanga got about half an hour on Saturday. 
Um, uh, so made his return, and but we kind of both came to the conclusion that he probably wouldn't start. Doesn't seem to make sense that you then start. Um, but yeah, the comments today coming from Chesterfield are he's ready and he's starting. So I'm right in thinking he's not started a game since he broke his leg in what February, March time last season. Certainly not competitive, unless they they could have had some like behind closed doors games or something for him, but nothing yeah. official and competitive. Um, the thing is, you never know. Don't, you never know. Don't say it. <laughs> the positive is, it's better to have him now, having yeah. only just made his way back into the team, rather than playing against him in 10 matches time, where he's had a few starts, scored a yeah. few goals, he's sharp, he's got match fitness. So I'm not as scared as I usually would be of Shamanga, but I'm very wary, put it that way. I'll, I, despite what Chesterfield are saying today, in fact, Parkinson said he's expected him to start. I've just seen some quotes from Parkinson said he's back. I'm expecting him to start. Okay. I don't think he's, I don't think they'll start him. I think that's psychology. Think that's mind games from Parky a little bit. Could be double bluff. Yeah, no. could be. Um, but interestingly, when I was again, I spoke to Matt before, and we were talking about the goalkeeper situation. So, excuse the uh, technical issue that I had was my Zoom time limit ran out, um, but I managed to uh, get Alex back on. We rebooted, we uh, sorted our technical issue, and we uh, we got back to the chat. Right, what was I? I was. So We've resolved my Zoom issue. Uh, what was that? What, what, <laughs> uh, I was about to talk about goalkeepers, wasn't I? You said you had a chat with a Chesterfield yeah. fan about right. their dodgy keeper. Right, so uh, I spoke to... So according to this, Matt, Chesterfield obviously had their goalkeeper sent off, if you remember, in week one. Straight red. Um, three-game ban. Three-game ban. Mm-hmm. So uh, apparently they didn't have another senior goalkeeper at the club. So, um, and according to him, a lot of the time, Paul Cook doesn't name a a sub-goalkeeper on the bench. He names outfield players, which is why they didn't have a goalkeeper on the day and one of their players had to go in goal. Um, And so this is, you know, uh, that's a Paul Cook tactic. I, I know some teams do it, but I thought it was rarer that, you know, I think Neil Warnock was the pioneer of not having a, a keeper on the bench. Because you always had Phil Jagielka. Phil Jags. Pretty handy between the sticks. Right, so stop, uh, So Chesterfield apparently were in that situation. But again, they just didn't have another senior keeper at the club. So they kind of did what we did, which was grab somebody. For, but they had to play their keeper, obviously, at the weekend. Whereas, obviously, our Rory Watson was on the bench, wasn't he? Um so this guy that will be in goal tomorrow has been with them for what less than a week probably um or around a week um so i'll be devastated if we're not testing him early on uh, you know really going for him because he said he did all right but clearly you know they they're, they're not expecting him to work wonders yeah and you would expect parky and the rest of the coaching staff to know this, they probably would have had a scout there on, on Saturday, I would imagine. Yeah. So, yeah, 
there's any weaknesses in the opposition team, we've got to, uh, got to exploit it. And of course, with players like Davis, Mullen, etc., etc., in the team, might not get some shots off early doors. Fire at will, boys. Yeah, you know, unload at him. Let's see what he's got and how, how you know, he could be a bit like um, Howard, perhaps, you know, he's unsettled in his surroundings, doesn't quite know everybody well enough. Um, yeah, so you never know. Take into account, I'm not sure how experienced this guy is. I don't know anything about him really, but if he hasn't got much experience and he's playing in front of what, Seven, eight thousand fans tomorrow. Is that gonna affect him as well? So yeah, I'll be keeping a close eye on their goalkeeper tomorrow. But I like we said before, Chesterfield might be keeping a close eye on our keeper, especially when it comes to crosses or the ball at his feet. So who knows what we're gonna see tomorrow? It could be a goalkeeping nightmare tomorrow. Disaster class incoming from the goalkeepers. Um, oh, I hope not. <laughs> so I stuck my neck out, and I've uh, I've put out the team that I thought Parkinson would pick. I'll I'll yeah. go through it, and you can tell me then what. Again, it's not what I would do. It's just you know, I think this is what Par- I think this is what he'll do, um, and let's see what you think. Uh, but I always consider him quite up until Saturday. I consider him quite cautious. I think he sets up not to lose, and then. Um, we go from there. So I think Howard starts in goal, obviously. Usual yeah. back three, Hayden, Tozer, Cleworth. I think McFadden comes in at left wing back. In replace of Mendy. Just fresh legs, a bit more defensive. Uh, Mendy will be an impact sub if we need him. That, that's just that's my guess. I think Hazana's going to come in. Uh, only on the fact that he really likes Hazana, doesn't he? he? You know, he was he was fitted him in at left wing back and all sorts last season, so he, he clearly likes him. Um, and I think with Ford having a couple of shaky games, it's you know, I I think he's gonna I guessing I think he gives Hazana a chance. Controversial, I can tell by your face, but <laughs> that's just what that's just my guess. Um. I think the midfield will revert to something a bit more familiar. So Luke Young will sit because he's, he's sitting deeper this year, isn't he? So Luke, Luke Young will sit. I think Jones comes back in to start the game. And then it's one of Davis or Lee. I don't know who's fitter, but if Dave, I think he'll lean towards Davis, I think, personally. But could be wrong because he start. you know, he, I think he started leaning that further forward position the other day. So, but I just think he'll go with what he knows with Jordan Davis and then Palmer and Mullin up front. What do you think? What do you think he'll do? You know what? I want to disagree with you for the purposes of a a debate on a podcast. (laughs) Go for it. I don't think I can. I think Howard picks himself, as you say. Hayden Toes of Clayworth, I think that's a given. Settled back three right there. There are How some people you... that think just. There are some people that think that Tony Cliff will come in, come in tomorrow. Are you? I just can't see him because they haven't made a mistake. I don't see that you change it yet. Do you? Yeah, I mean, I presume they want Tony Cliff in replace of Clayworth, but how can you drop Clayworth after his supposedly man of the match performance on on Saturday? 
And again, he looked well from the highlights. He looked decent against Eastley the previous Saturday. So I don't think Bill Parkinson can go up to Clayworth and say, sorry, you dropped. Don't fancy her. Be harsh, that, wouldn't it? It'd be very harsh. And you know what? He played against Chesterfield away last season. And I thought he played well in that game. Okay, so, so we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. He probably won't change it then. Yeah, I'm with you on the back three. You know what? I'm probably with you on the wing-backs as well. I think McFadden, more of a steady Eddie at left wing-back. Big game player, big game experience. Never really makes a mistake. He's reliable. He's the kind of player you want to start anyway um, in a big match away at Chesterfield. They have King down the right, who's a real big threat for them as well. I don't know if you're aware of him, but he's a really yeah. good fullback, really good. Yeah, and I believe their wing-back or left-back on the opposite flank is a pretty decent player yeah, as well. Yeah, one of them's new from uh, Ipswich and apparently looks League really good. Team. Yeah, yeah, Ipswich, that's the one. So yeah. uh, our wing-backs are going to have to have their wits about them tomorrow. But then again, so are theirs because whoever we play at wing-backs, quality as well. And I'm, I'm with you. I think Bryce will, uh, will slot in at right wing-back. Like you say, Parky likes him, trusts him in the big games. Ford, again, I can only go by comments and highlights, but doesn't sound like he's done the business so far. So I expect Grice to come in at a right wing back and McFadden at left wing back. Midfield, Luke Young, he gets a lot of stick, but for me, he's one of the first names on the team sheet in that um, holding midfield role. So Luke Young there. Again, I agree with you, James Jones. Can't play two number 10s away at Chesterfield. In comes James Jones. Um, the front two, of course, Mullen and Palmer, they pick themselves. So the tricky one for me is who do you play in that number 10 role? You say Davis. I'm going to say Elliot Lee. Yeah, I can, I can understand why you would yeah. say that. I think I'd go with Elliot Lee um, just because I don't think Davis is fully fit slash match fit quite yet. And in terms of an impact, so he's quality. But I just think Elliot Lee's had the better, definitely the better first game. Um, and he strikes me as a big game, a big moment player as well. Obviously, okay. he got the two goals against Eastleigh. I think he's the kind of player who can take the big game by the scruff of the neck and just produce a moment of quality from nowhere. I know Davis, he can argue, can do that as well, but... My hunch, or if I was if I was Parky, I'd be starting Lee at ten, and perhaps bring Davis on if we need to. If needed, yeah. If needed, yeah. In the second half, I'll also um, briefly mention the substitute. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I'd like to see a bit of Sam Dalby, the new signing, at some point. I know Ollie Palmer's not the kind of player who wants to come off; he gives it his all. But if we're chasing a goal, perhaps the last fifteen. 10, 15 minutes or so, I'd be tempted to throw a Dalby on. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think he's got to, he's got to get some game time, hasn't he, at some point. He's got, you know, even yeah. if you get 15 or 20 minutes into him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree. So, Dolby and Tony Cliff potentially will be on the bench. Watson, I think he'll be on the bench. Then it's one of Davis and Lee. Mendy, Mendy or Ford will be on the bench, and then the other of the midfielders. Uh, unless there's any injuries, obviously, that we don't know about. Yeah, you'll never know until <laughs> the lineup's released, but we can only presume um, 
there will be the pool of players to choose from. And you've, you've got players like McAlinden. You can't get a look into the team at the moment. And you question whether he'll still be here after January. Um, Angus as well. I doubt he'll make the bench. You again wonder what his future looks like at the race course as the fourth choice striker, I would say now. So there's a lot of decent players that aren't even getting into the match squad at the moment. Yeah, apparently he really likes Bickerstaff as well, which is why they uh, they were keen to give him some minutes pre-season. Yeah, I mean, they see more of him than we do, obviously, but I thought he'd be going on loan to a, a Welsh Premier League team or a, a National League North team again this season. But to be fair, he saw a gem in Clayworth and gave him his opportunity. Who knows what could happen with bigger stuff? Shall I tell you what else might have... St- I agree with you. I thought they might have loaned him out. Shall I tell you what else I think might have stopped it? It's the Reserve League. Yeah. just wonder whether they think it's more useful to be in and around the squad, uh, especially for, like, cup games or, you know, some of those games where you can throw him in, but he'll get his fitness and some experience in that Reserve League. You know what? It's a great shot, to be fair. Didn't even think of that. Yes. Get your match fitness from the the reserve league games. They're still going to be fairly competitive, I imagine. Yeah, I mean we haven't been in it for so long. I don't know, you know, yeah. I don't know, but uh, I'm assuming it is. He was so keen to to get it going again, wasn't he? So he must think it has some value. Yeah, and it's obviously a, a better situation to have your player playing in your reserve team as opposed to your player playing in a, a Welsh Premier League or for a team in the league below. So I think that's going to really help us this season especially when it comes to the, the cup competitions. Yeah. I don't know about you, but the FA Trophy this year, really, really not bothered about that competition anymore. Right, yeah, so I'm with you this year. But last year, especially when we were getting close, and um, I was really disappointed that the week of the final when he said, well, I'm going to mix it up. And I was thinking, you know, are Ryan and Rob going to be having any of that that you're going to turn up there <laughs> with a rotated squad? And and then when we did turn up and it was a rotated squad and they've got Beckham and Ted Lasso in the box and God knows who else, <laughs> uh, uh, I was thinking, oh, that's a brave decision. Uh, and then it looks bad when you don't win that or get promoted, doesn't it, I guess? Yeah, I mean, you know what? At the start of last season, I was against the trophy again. I thought it was a waste of time. The priority is the league. But once we got past the quarters, obviously we beat Stockport in the semi-final as well. I was very, I had cup fever. And obviously you've got the Ryan Reynolds from McElhenney effect. They're going to get to go to Wembley. It's the uh, the drama for the documentary as well. There was a feel-good factor around the club at that point. We all thought we were going to do the, the double in terms of promotion and the cup as well. But you know what? We've been to Wembley three times now for this final and you factor in the cost of the day out as well especially with the the cost of living crisis at the moment I don't think if we got to Wembley again I think we'd struggle to take 12 13,000 to be honest no we wouldn't we'd we'd still take a small army yes oh I know I'm not sure because do you remember the North Therapy match? Yeah, yeah, I was that that one. Second time we went to Wembley, definitely wasn't as many as we took to Grimsby. No, in, definitely uh, not. No. no, but we've got new fans now, so you know that's different. We have got some people that perhaps weren't 
you know, weren't even looking at Wrexham before. They might have been living in the town, but the focus wasn't on the on Wrexham. It was, you know, on Everton, Liverpool, Man United, City, whoever else. But has the novelty of Wembley worn off after most of them went last year? <laughs> You're a pessimist. No, I'm quite positive. It's just the FA Trophy. Um, I can take it or leave it, put it that way. All right, so we're going to bomb that in the first round. That's what we're saying, yeah? I wouldn't be that bothered if we lost 5-0 to... <laughs> Oakston and Victor or someone like that. <laughs> maybe not 5-0, maybe 1-0 or a penalty shootout. Right then, we're going to predictions. So I think I'll go first. Um, I think we're going to draw. I think it'll be a score draw. I can't make my mind up whether it will be one all or two all. But I'll I'll go with a score draw. That's my prediction. No, you have to give an actual score. Do you want an actual? Do you want? Have I got to pick one? That could be one, one, two, two, three, three. Yeah, it won't be that goals. high. It won't be that high scoring. I don't think. So I'll, okay, it's two all is what I think. I think it ends two all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm with you. I think it will be a draw as well. <laughs> I'm convinced. Well, not convinced, but I've got a feeling it's going to end one one. Okay. Um, I think we'll take the lead. But then I think they'll have enough to find a goal from somewhere. Um, but you know what? 1-1. One, one. I know it's another game about a win, but 1-1 one, one wouldn't be a bad result, would it? No, I don't think so. You just maintain that unbeaten. And you go... We come back home then to the race course on Saturday, don't we? And it's a good point if we beat Maidstone on, on Saturday. And then you way. go and get that. And, you know, you're then averaging two points, I think, per gate. And, you know, you're, you're in the mix, aren't you? Two points a game for the rest of the season puts you on, what, 92 points. So You'll be there and thereabouts again. You've got a good chance, haven't you? So, final question then. If we go there and draw or lose, how many hours will you wait to look at Twitter? <laughs> if we lost. I'd probably delete Twitter if we lost because it's not worth the, uh, the effort of reading for you all the tweets. It used All to be Red Passion was the negativity, but now it's like, it's, you know, it's everywhere, isn't it? Oh, Red Passion's positive compared to Twitter these days. <laughs> um, but you know what? I can't see us losing. Can't see us losing. So touch wood. I think a meltdown on social media won't happen either way. So I'll leave you with that. Um, we'll uh, see where we stand after the Chesterfield game. Hopefully we'll manage to uh, get a positive result. And playing us out as ever is the brilliant 1987 till present with their song Someday uh, about Wrexham Football Club. Uh, now I'll post links again so that if you want to buy the single, um, you can do. And as I've said previously, all money's made from sales of this single going to Mind Charity. So the brilliant Neil performing, who's also got a gig at the turf, I believe, coming up in a couple of weeks. So you'll be managed to see him there. And you'll also hear this song played at the race course pre-match. So uh, I'll let Neil uh, sing us out. Uh, I'll play the full single again for them. And uh, please go and support them because it's a great charity. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll meet up here again post-Chesterfield pre the weekend match um, hopefully I've got uh, a little chat with uh, somebody to preview that game so 
I'll leave you with uh, Neil and uh, his Someday by 1987 till present. There ain't no horses running around the Kairos anymore. But that's been a football club here since 1864. Trying to do the town or city proud. Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground. Shine, you'll hear our cries. Hold our hands up as the Welsh dragon flies. For loyal supporters on a lifelong journey, we'll live in hope, but we'll die in Cadbury. I've been telling everyone I see. I've been telling. I've been telling everyone to listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league We've had the best home talent like Joey Jones And his best made Mickey T Di Davis was a druid he Back in the football league